Welcome everyone to the <laughs> Wolfcast. Um, I'm your host, uh, James T. Lichen. Uh, Lichen, James, Jamie, call me whatever you want. Um, and uh, Amber's Alerts uh, is my co-host. Welcome. Hi. Hey. So uh, I guess today we're going to be talking about um, making it big in the real world. Yes, we are. And uh, I guess, you know, just our many experiences trying to um you know like what we strived for in life you know what we wanted uh from it career wise and then what ended up like being the case you know like what ended up happening right so, and well about that. and we have um you know kind of similar paths as far as it's a whole different thing mm -hmm. like anything to do with the arts you know yeah similar background yeah yeah because i i was basically an artist from very young like since i was a child i i knew that i wanted to be an artist mm -hmm. you know i wanted to uh i was drawing from a very early age um my dad was also a painter so that also you know got me into it and uh, i wanted to be an animator i wanted to be a cartoonist um wanted to just do like graphic design. I want to do everything. I was, I was just into everything. I even like, you know, did like sculptures out of like clay and aluminum foil. And like, I just like dabbling in everything. Um, yeah. You know, back then just trying yeah. my hand at stuff. Yeah. And I can honestly say, um, pretty much the same thing, you know, from, I would say, God, you make stuff out of aluminum foil. No, I didn't do that, but um, <laughs> I mean, just as far as I knew when I was a very young child, I'm talking like three, four years old, mm -hmm. that I wanted to dance. That's what I wanted to do. I, I just, I don't know, something just kind of gravitated me towards just, it. So you just felt you know, the wiggle in, in those hips and you couldn't I, stop. Let me tell you, I did. And, you know, <laughs> so my mom enrolled me and then I got like, I would say I got really serious eh, around like third grade. It just kind of became my life. So, mm. yeah. But yeah, big dreams, big, big dreams. Yeah, big, big <laughs> dreams indeed. Um, before we get into that, I, I feel like I have to discuss that I went to Wendy's today. Okay. So I went to Wendy's and they, they, they have this little uh, loyalty, loyalty app there, you know, like on your, you have your, on your phone, you have like all these apps for like different places like McDonald's, Burger King, every, right. every place has a Taco Bell. They all have loyalty apps. So imagine all these apps on your phone, if you want like some variety and like where you go and you want discounts for shit, mm -hmm. well, there's the Wendy's app, but, and you get like discounts and stuff, which actually you get like to say like, what, like three or four bucks or something like that mm -hmm. um, per order. I'm going to sneeze out. Like, that's pretty damn good, especially if you keep kind of racking up points. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, you know, today they, but I see at this, at the Wendy's near me, they rarely have the app working, you know, hmm. they rarely have it. So they, I, I, but I went there and I ordered my food and the woman actually said that the app was working. <gasps> it was working today. I was like, what the fuck? This sign. shit's working. Are you serious? <laughs> and then I also, they, they also, I, I ordered a, a diet Coke with vanilla in it. They have like these flavorings and then they had that too. And, and they mm -hmm. had the chocolate frosties, which sometimes they run out of that. Oh, okay. and that's, oh, let me tell you. Okay. Cause my daughter, and then they got strawberry. I'm like, I don't want fucking strawberry. I want the chocolate. Yeah. You want frosty. Damn it. You want the chocolate. Let me tell you, I go to Wendy's a lot because that's my daughter's favorite. Mm -hmm. And you know, and who likes vanilla? Like literally like Nazis like vanilla. Frosties, yeah. I think, in my opinion. I mean, why even have other flavors? Just, just do the classic chocolate frosty. Right, yeah. just do that. Why do you even need? A, there's no variety that's necessary. Anyway, so they had that, and also they substituted, they substituted the fries because I, I asked if I could get like the, you know, the fries with like cheese and bacon or whatever. I mm -hmm. It's called like bacon eater fries or whatever. Mm -hmm. Substitute the normal fries for that, and they did. And then on top of all that, okay, I actually mm -hmm. saved $2 off my order because I had a previous discount. Everything literally went my way today. Wow. At Wendy's. And I was, I was in shock because it, it rarely does, does, does every part of it just go amazingly my way. Right. And that's yeah. a sign. And I'm going to consider this as some kind of sign. Yes. Because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of unlucky you know, with a lot of stuff. Um, I've, I've come across a lot of bad fortune uh, in my life. And, um, you know, and that's kind of going to kind of segue uh, the discussion into, uh, you know, what has transpired to, you know, me and my career. Um, and, you know, we can talk about yours as well. And kind of we can draw parallels and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I haven't had all bad luck when it comes to my career. I've had I've had some lucky breaks. I'll, I'll be honest. Oh yeah, um, stuff too. that opportunities that not many people would have. To be honest, yeah. you know. But also, I, I've also had like on the flip side, um, I didn't get a lot of the opportunities I wanted. Yeah, you know? uh, same thing. I, I'm very very freaking lucky with some of the things that I was offered and jobs I did and. But yeah. Speaking of luck, speaking of soccer, sorry to interrupt, but I'm one of these people that is like, I, from a very young age, I've believed in luck. Like just really? good luck and bad luck. Some people are lucky and some people are unlucky. Mm -hmm. That's just something I've always felt. Um, I can't really explain it. You know, if I were to extrapolate it in some kind of like belief structure, I don't have one. It's just, it's just a feeling I get. Like some people are lucky. And some people aren't, you know, yeah. the people who are lucky, everything tends to just work out in their favor and they don't have to do very much, you know, for that to happen. You know, right. they just kind of like, maybe they'll apply for a job and they'll just get it, you know, where someone else they'll apply for that job and like a hundred others and not get any, Yeah, you know, and we can, obviously there's, there's variables here, like the portfolio resume, all this stuff matters, you know, your presentation, like your interview style, all this stuff. But let's just pretend like for the sake of argument, you have two comparable people going for the same job. 
and one person gets the job and the other person doesn't. I, I don't know. A lot of times I chalk this shit up to luck because, you know, I've uh, learned a lot in my life. I've, I've have a, a you know, good amount of skills. I think I have a good amount of talent in my class. When I was going to college, um, I was like one of the top artists in the class, like in, uh, my major, you know, in right. the, um, the, the program I was in this, this, uh, kind of advanced track in my bachelor's program. Um, I was like one of the top three artists there. So, yeah. Uh, but see, so if I, so if I got like, let's say I got a job like right out of college based on just how proficient of a, of a student I was, I would have like made it into some of these big companies, you know? Yeah. But that's not how it shook out. And I, and the only thing I can think of for that is luck. Yeah. And you know, I can relate. Okay. Like the school that I went to, it was one of the, it's in the top five dance universities you can get into and i was offered a full ride and they only offer the scholarship that i got they only gave it to two um two people every year so mm -hmm. i was like extremely fucking lucky you know yeah. uh definitely was always one of the best i'd never any shows that were put on at the school i never because basically you audition and some people get to perform and some don't, but I was always performing. I was never like, I, I never had to do like stage hand, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, there is something to look at least like, okay, let's put it this way in the dance world. All right. Mm -hmm. You can show up at an audition. All right. For let's say a dance like Hubbard street, which is a, just an amazing company that I wanted to be in. But, the audition for it, you literally walk in, all right, you stand, this is going to be like foreign language to you, <laughs> but you've seen what a ballet bar looks like, right? A ballet bar. Have that you, sounds you know, fun. Like, well, you've <laughs> seen one, right? Like it's, you've seen a picture of one, I imagine. But anyway, you just, you stand Have at the I? bar and they, they literally start with the, like just some warm up exercise. Oh, and I'm picturing that, an actual bar. Like oh, with no, drinks, it's not. no, it's and then people people that. dance there at the bar. <laughs> no, I, I actually I did used to have a shirt that said something like, "I dance at bars," but it was like spelled French <laughs> way because it's a bar, you know. Ah, uh, anyway. <laughs> get it? But mm -hmm. um, anyway, after they you do this first little warm up exercise, that's all it is. It's just some stupid little warm up. They literally go down the line and they go cut, 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 cut. <laughs> they get rid of like almost the whole room because the bottom line is it has, it's nothing to do with how good you are at that point. It's like, okay, we need somebody this height, this build, this look. So if they're not that, we have to go ahead and get rid of them all. You know what I mean? So mm, and right. a lot of times it's, it's as far as performing goes, it's like that. Do they get rid of women based on like boob size? Like, are they not, like definitely or, not or butt size or anything like that? <laughs> well, like, yeah, that's not plump enough. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite, you know. Oh, okay. To... If it's too plump, they get rid of you. Yeah. Too much because of jealousy. Like they don't want to make other the other women jealous. Well, they just they they don't like a voluptuous. They don't like that voluptuous, right? Yeah. In the dance world, you know, they just right. don't. 
it's just too too much yeah too much to handle i guess but (laughs) so so um i guess when you're in this uh this you know this this program in your school um did were you like in the top of your class yeah in the dancers oh yeah yep um absolutely was and how exactly did like your exit go when it came to getting like a job like from because i don't know how that would go when you graduate Ooh, dance okay school. now disclaimer here i had kind of a different path because i made some bad choices mm. so but if it was a Tr- trigger story. warning, trigger warning to the audience. There are yeah. references to drug use in this podcast. So <laughs> I, I can't get around it, you know, but mm-hmm. um, okay. If I had not gotten addicted, I would have like almost everyone else. I would have gone direct. Like I would have start, started auditioning my senior year i did audition but i didn't audition enough i would have auditioned for more stuff i would have had plans to move to new york or move to chicago or a lot of people graduate and they're okay with like getting like cruise ship gigs and theme park gigs and for me Mm -hmm. i never wanted to do that now looking back it actually looks pretty damn fun it's not really fulfilling but it looks fun You know, well, also it could it it could it could pave the way to other opportunities doing that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, I wish I wasn't so close minded with that stuff. But you know, I was gonna still I was gonna remain an artiste. I was not gonna (laughs) lower myself. Right. You were you were you were very very arrogant and and just kind of. Just thinking, I'm I'm fucking hot shit. I don't need to do this crap. Well, I'm, I'm I just way better than this. Like I haven't like worked and perfected my art to do some like flash and trash cheesy stuff. You know, I just I didn't want to do it. Mm. But looking back, like I said, I would have taken it. But um, just for the experience and like you said, you never know where it could lead. But anyway, I would have gone down that route now. I did end up like, you know, going back home, getting my shit together, and I did really well. Uh, I was I never planned on staying in Georgia, but it just kind of went that way mm-hmm. um, because I, I I auditioned for there was a contemporary company that I danced in. We performed um, every year, and from that. I started networking and I got, cause see, this is what they don't tell you. They don't flip and tell you this in college, but performing is not going to pay your bills. <laughs> it's just mm. not. I mean, it, unless you are just the, have some lead role on Broadway, it's just ain't gonna, it's not going to cut it. You're going to have to. Right. You need else. to be really successful if you want to make a living with your dancing, basically. Yeah. Yeah, performing wise. Right. So, yeah. So, but I ended up getting a lot of really good teaching jobs, um, you know, at the best studios that we have around here. And I was mm-hmm. really, you know, I was happy about that. Um, I really was because some people don't like to teach. I love to teach as long as they're advanced. I don't like teaching the little kids. Right. 
Because who wants to teach a bunch of know-nothing little brats, you know? Well, I mean, it's more like a glorified babysitter, you know? It's Mm. like, I just, you know, I did not work (laughs) this hard. Right. Uh, I didn't work this hard and put myself through four years of dance school to teach you. Well, a whole life leading up to that. Right. My whole life leading up to this point. My whole life. Just to teach you little Are brats. Gonna, no. Since we're getting into that, should we should we discuss uh, dance with your vagina? Should we bring that up? <laughs> we can. <laughs> we need Definitely. to. I think. I think it's required. Okay. That we discuss that. Uh, yeah, but I, Tell, I, I regale us with the vagina, the vagina diaries of the dance okay. studio. So when I was in college, I had all different types of instructors, and some of them were just very out there. Like, just they were brilliant, but you just didn't really understand what planet they were on, kind of. Right. <laughs> you just kind of had to. They were, all, they were all David Bowie, basically. Yeah, pretty much. You know, they got really into the I'm an artiste thing, you know, right. so they just mm-hmm. lose touch with reality completely. <laughs> like, right. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so this one, she was a she was a modern dance teacher. That's a style modern. So. Right. Anyway, it was a required course and, you know, we would be doing these exercises on the floor and she would go, okay, now breathe through your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, she said it all the time. She'd be like, you're not breathing through your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to this day, I can kind of interpret what she meant, but not really. <laughs> right. So... You know, she wanted us to press, oh, and press your vagina into the floor. Press. So she, she probably, if I had to guess, was trying to get you to open up more. Um, so you, you would be more relaxed when you're making your poses or something. Yeah. It, move more freely. Right. Kinda, you know, relax down there. So, you know, she yeah. was real into, she would get like going on these kicks and be like, you know, the vagina is life. That is where you <laughs> enter wow. the the world. You know, it, one of those. You know, Jesus. yeah. That is that is quite philosophical yeah. and, and graphic. Yeah. Mm. And then I had another instructor, and it was actually her husband. Okay. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, well, it was her husband? But we, rumor has it, he. He liked all different types of people. Yeah, I think he was pretty much. I think did, it was. Did he <laughs> did he teach by talking about penises or did no. he also talk about vaginas? Well, mm-hmm. he was just a raging lunatic. Like, <laughs> here's the thing: everybody got, went to that school to get trained by him because there's something about the way he teaches that completely like transforms you and um, just he's the one you want to get. So, you know, I get in his class and whatnot. And I mean, Oh God, I would leave crying so many days from that man. (laughs) I mean, was he like, was he, was he like uh, JK Simmons and whiplash? I've never seen that. Oh, you got to see it. Okay. It's, It's pretty much that. I would say, um, probably even worse. Wow! Uh, but it's it's basically this this kid. He goes to some kind of uh, music college in New York or something. 
it's one of the best colleges ever, you know, really hoity toity gets like 12 people a fucking year, you know, that kind of thing. I forgot what it was called, yeah. like Juilliard, maybe. Juilliard? Juilliard, yeah. Um, okay. And uh, J.K. Simmons, he plays the, the conductor or whatever, teaching the, the, you know, every the musicians in the class. And he's just extremely, extremely like just disciplined and, and very almost violent, you know, in how he teaches. Yeah. That's um, how this guy was. Yeah. So just a very, very good movie. I'd say for artists in general, um, even though, yeah, it's about music and musicians and all that. It, the, the idea is the same. The principle is the same. It's like, how much do you love your craft and what you do to just be as good as you can be and be the best at it? You know, mm -hmm. even if it's to like sacrifice other parts of your life, you know, oh, yeah. like, just just how much are you willing to fight to be that good? You know? Yeah. And, you know, I will say I had that mindset for the longest time, like in high school. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was to the point where my mother would worry about me. She would worry that I'm not getting enough like socializing experience. Mm -hmm. Because I, I just was, that's all I wanted to do. I mean, I would come home from school and I would go straight to class. And that's just, that was what I did every day. And the weekends too. You know, I started like kind of loosening up a little bit senior year. But mm -hmm. yeah, for the most part, that's, you know, that was what I did. You know, talking about this. I think one of my biggest issues uh, going through college and going through, you know, just trying to find a career and all this stuff is I think I had, I like wanted too much because mm -hmm. um, one example uh, is I had this story that I was creating with a friend. Uh, we were co-writing it. We, we did the story together and I'm talking about, we would talk for hours you would talk for hours at, at home. We were roommates back then. Mm -hmm. um, we would talk, we would talk in cafes. We would talk um, at the school. Um, we would talk all the time, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, story arcs for the characters, like try to figure out, Oh, we should put this, this in the story. We should put that in the story. Yeah. And we would just go through every single plot detail and every, every aspect of the story. And, and it was just a huge, like sci-fi fantasy epic tale, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of like some steampunk in there, some like uh, classic, like good and evil stuff. There's just a lot of like facets to it. And it was just a really fun story just to, just to write and work on. And it, it was something that I wanted to make, like, um, I wouldn't want to make like a movie out of it. I wanted to make a TV show. I wanted to make a graphic novel out of it. I wanted to make a book out of it. I wanted to do so many things with this story. You know, wow. like ideally, like if I was like a billionaire, this shit would have already been in production. You know, yeah. like I would have, I would have put this whole, th I would put everything into this just to, just to make this a reality. You know, I would have, got, I would have gotten other designers to help me out to flesh out the world, and because I had such a vision, you know, for what this world would look like. I had like some uh, like medieval kind of feel to it but also like meshed up with like some steampunk vibe you know turn of the century 1800s 1900s kind of you know mecca kind of vibe like just kind of mashing up a bunch of different styles and and genres um you know it was very dramatic it was very heavy on action it was heavy on uh comedy i mean i had so many 
different aspects of the story. And, and that was what I was really passionate about is just is storytelling and trying to, you know, design a whole world and bring it together. But yeah. you can't just do that, like right out the gate, like that's a dream no. job kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, the, yep. so what I needed to do is I needed to, I needed to, to basically be realistic with what I was trying to obtain out of yeah. this, 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 this industry, you know, yep. there's no way I can, I can go to a, you know, a, an animation company be like, so, well, I have this idea for a, a sci-fi fantasy epic. Do you want, you want to help me make it? You know, they're going right. to laugh in my right. face. So for me, it's like, what this translates to is, okay, so what am I skilled at making? Like what, what, what skills can I possess that can make me a good fit for a company for which are basically when you get a job at some one of these companies like an animation company or a game design company or something like that movie some kind of movie production company everyone has a role that they play in in the production you have animators you have background artists you have concept artists you have writers you have directors you have so many different roles right and you're you're basically pretty much stuck in those roles you know yeah. So you have to kind of figure out like what do you want to what do you want to focus and hone in on so that you can get like your foot in the door in in yeah. a company just just to get hired so you can be so you can start off your resume and start working on shit you yeah know? and just yeah. kind of build things up over time and there's you're ba so you're basically like a grunt you know when you first start out like a lot of people there yeah they're uh, riggers. Um, I know that sounds like a some kind of slur. It's not a rigor. <laughs> is um, <clears throat> someone who makes the skeleton for a, a, a 3D model, okay? Uh, and basically, an like it, they um, they don't they don't animate it, but they make it animatable. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Okay. They they make it so that the character can move realistically. They they make it so the geometry of the of the the polygons that make up the model are able to conform and squish properly when the skeleton moves and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. so you have that, you have, um, you know, like landscape artists, you know, you have um, someone who designs like the, the effects, you know, like either in a movie or a game or something um, very bit like smoke or, you know, like a spark or something like that. Right. Um, and so that all this requires is basically you, really trying to get skilled at in one area or another so you can put that on your resume and say right. i'm really good at this particular thing okay mm -hmm. now here's the problem problem is not every focus has the same amount of demand out there mm. in the industry okay so okay. for example i was i was a very i was a budding concept artist something i really love doing that I'm, I love making characters, I like designing them, I like designing like uh, weapons, objects, um, you know, little structures, you know, things like that, devices. I love, I love just making uh, little concepts for stuff, right? Yeah. Um, outfits, um, you know, character designs, just all kinds of stuff like that, right? Right. There's like a 20 bajillion concept artists in the world, okay? Wow. And there's some really damn fucking good ones out there. Really damn good. Um, when it comes to something like, like I described before, like riggers, okay. Or some, something like a lighting specialist, you know, someone who lights the scenes in all the proper ways or, or like maybe like texture artist or something like that. 
which I've dabbled in a lot of these areas like texture artist and landscape artist and, you know, all this stuff. Um, there's considerably more demand for some of those, those fields, you know? Yeah. And so if you put that on your, and it's usually more boring stuff like compositing, for example, compositing is basically, um, you know, like when they have like green screens on footage and then they put stuff behind it and they add, add yeah. in effects and stuff like that. And they'll rotoscope like a person in, in and out. I mean, it used, that used to be a lot harder like 10 years ago. Nowadays, it's a lot more automated. They even have apps that literally take out the background in real time. They didn't have wow. that back then, in ten, you know, 10 years ago. Right. But, you know, so that was something that is a very kind of monotonous task, you know, if you got, but if you got really good at it and you got specialized at it, you could apply to one of these companies and just get that job and just do that, the busy work that nobody wants to fucking do. It's not glamorous. It's not fun, but you can mm -hmm. get your foot in the door that way with some of these companies. Right. But see, I wasn't willing to do that. Right. Okay. I straight up just wasn't going to do it. I'm not, I'm not a rigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's not, no, that's not my mean. area of, of interest. I'm an area of expertise. You know, I never, I think I maybe rigged like two things and I wasn't that good at it. You know, <laughs> um, I was a good, I was a good 3d modeler, you know, but I would say mm -hmm. with 3d modeling, that's something you, you just kind of need to be really good at in order to get like a job with that. Like you need to have like a hell of a fucking portfolio to get a, a 3d modeling job somewhere. You know, okay. which my 3D modeling was decent. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, just like amazing. Like, oh, my God, we got to hire this guy kind of thing, you know. So mm -hmm. bottom line, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is what I really wanted to do. There was no real realistic way for me to obtain that in the in the industry. There was no like real foot in the door for me. So what I ended up doing after applying to many places over the years, people kept saying like, we just keep applying, just keep applying. I did. I did just keep applying right. to hundreds, maybe thousands of jobs. You know, right. I got, I got pretty obsessive about it one year. Um, I just actually focused on my whole portfolio and just making concept art, um, mm -hmm. which I can even show some stuff off right now. I mean, why the fuck not? Oh yeah. I want to see. Let's see here. I, 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 relate to everything you're saying it's i mean it's no different in the dance world you train your whole life and then like you like let's say you want to make it big well you know you have to start out being in the back row in the chorus nobody wants to do right. that. right you know exactly it's, it's the same or you know you want to run your own dance company well it's not that simple <laughs> right know, it's might. not that simple and, I, and I'm, I'm not like you know i'm not like super spoiled about it like i don't expect to be given everything on a platter no, i was willing to work for stuff like at the ground level like whatever i needed to um entering into a company it's just there was no real place for me at a lot of these companies you know yeah. they wanted they either they wanted someone really experienced you know, which you don't have when you're just coming out of college. Like you don't have that experience, right? Right, right. So, but how, exactly. so how am I supposed to get the experience to get the job when right. I, you're not letting me get a job? You know, it's actually, did, have you ever seen the movie, um, The Secret to My Success? No. With Michael J. Fox? Mm -mm. It's not that great of a movie, but I still love it. Um, he's basically, he's trying to make it big in the city, you know, mm -hmm. in the 80s. It's like right after his hit Back to the Future. But um. <laughs> You know, Michael J. Fox is great in anything, 
but um, he's trying to make a big, so he gets this, he tries to apply for this one job and he's like, you know, the guy looks at his resume, he's like, eh, you don't seem too experienced. You know, we need someone more experienced for this job. And Michael J. Fox is like, well, if you don't let me have, get a job, how can I have experience, you know, for this job, you know? Yeah. So it, it is a catch 22. It's a, it's a, it's a, and you, so you basically just have to be that fucking good apparently. So right. this is, this or is a, just a, or lucky, right? Like someone. I said, so, or know someone, yeah. a lot of this is, yep. is who, you know, not what you know. Right. Absolutely. Who, you know, yep. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go through like just a bunch of my artwork that I made over the years to try to put into my portfolio. Um, wow. And just, you know, to kind of give you an idea, an idea of like how hard I was, I was going, just trying to, to amass a portfolio of, of just interesting character design, um, you know, proficient uh, Ooh, rendering, like, like, you know, characters and, and like people and stuff like that. Um, wow. and I really love the steampunk shit back then. <laughs> Ooh, I love um, that. Thanks. Yeah. So, oh, I mean. Wow. I love the redhead. <laughs> you like the redhead. Yeah. Yes. So, and then, um, yeah, just a bunch of like, you know, poses and like action poses. This is the, this is again, remember I said, um, I really like designing just like, um, objects and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just like devices okay. and weapons. And all. I just was really just imaginative back then with, with all these things, you know, Mm -hmm. how, how some of these some of these are actually some of these are actually characters from my graphic novels um so this was in i believe i think it's like 2015. okay something like that so yeah so quite a while ago this is before i think i i joined youtube and started becoming <laughs> a youtuber right so oh, i mean really good thanks i mean i i was kind of trying to show two things off one, my ability at rendering characters, and two, my ability at creating interesting character designs. Mm -hmm. You know, I, ha I had just these weird ideas for like, you know, elemental creatures, like a, like a cat, you know, mm -hmm. um, that had like these these cool little etchings in its fur, um, and also it, it lit on fire because it was like a fire cat. Um, this one actually reminds me of Nathan Lane. <laughs> He's a, but this is a this is a character in uh, my um, in my graphic novel. He's actually he's got he has the ability to morph into a cat, and so that's his cat form. Oh wow! I love yeah. seeing the progression. How that is? Yeah. See, so I start with like the sketch on the left, and then I just kind of keep rendering it. Um, adding like highlights and then I added more shadows and, and like, you know, stuff like that. And then I add the color and then I add like final details, um, at the end there. So I have, I have all this stuff like in more in my portfolio, you know, applying for places and, you know, it really didn't make a wow. difference. Like it, it, I didn't really get, um, any, any good opportunities from doing this shit, which sucks. Such hard work and it's so good. It's I know. Like, and I was really yeah. trying to apply myself to make some cool stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and once again, though, and I find this in any area of anything to do with the arts, it's, there's so many talented people that just don't get anywhere. Cause it's like the, the demand, like you said, isn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's, 
It sucks. There's so many talented people. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's lame. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, at a certain point, you know, I, I start to get a little bit discouraged, you know, from from doing the stuff. And it's funny, 2016, um, the funny thing about because that's when I, I did those designs. Um, I remember at the beginning of that year, I was like, I was really focused on getting a, a, a job getting like a mm -hmm. job in the industry, you know, because I, I already started doing the t-shirt design. I should mention that um, I, I started doing t-shirt design back in 2012 and I and I found it to be um, a pretty good avenue to go down where it's just I could work, kind of work for myself and get in some good income by just building up a, a good portfolio designs and making money that way. And steadily, you know, year after year, um, your portfolio grows. But the problem I ran into later is that all these companies copyright strike everything and they DMCA, they call it DMCAs um, in the art world. Basically, they just take down your shit. Um, and because the sites are obligated to take it down because they don't want to go to court. They don't want to face a liability. Right. And there's really no way to counteract that, you know, in that world. On YouTube, you have a, a way to uh, appeal. Mm -hmm. you know, encounter copyright strikes. But in the art world, you don't really have that, you know, like in on these sites, they just take it down. Like, yeah, we had to take it down. Warner Brothers is going to sue us otherwise. <laughs> right. You know? So at a, at a certain point, though, like, yeah, I was making like a decent living, I guess, with the with the t-shirt design stuff. Like at that point, I was already like four years into that career, right? If you want to call it that. I was doing odd jobs and stuff too. I was working here and there for different people, I had various clients that hired me for, to make like graphics here, poster here, whatever. You know, I, I was a, I was a freelance for hire designer for many years. Yeah. And in 2016, but you know, that's when I kind of vowed, I was like, all right, let's cut this shit. I'm going to knuckle down and just get you know, a job in the industry. I'm going to make the best fucking designs that I can. I'm, I've worked on my skills for years I, doing the t-shirt design. Here's the funny thing about doing the t-shirt design for so long. You learn a lot over yeah. the years, you know, you build up your skills, you know, doing that shit. Um, you know, you learn how to make things, uh, more high definition. You learn how to like work on your design, uh, ethic, like your, you know, the, character design, the structure of the human form, all this stuff. You learn just a lot more just practicing, practice, practice, you know? Right. And so at that point, I was like, I'm just going to put all those skills to use and I'm gonna build up my portfolio and try to get a, a job, you know, in the, doing this concept art stuff, because that's what mm -hmm. I really wanted to still do. Okay. And so that's why I build up all those designs. And I applied to a bunch of places and I didn't really get anywhere. And but see, right, right, as I was basically, you know, at the beginning of that year to like, I don't know, like May, that's when I was really working hard doing that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. making the, por the portfolio designs and applying to companies. And right in May is when I started my YouTube channel. And that's when things kind of really changed. okay. Yes. So that right there and that and so when i started to get like the videos were taken off i started to get this this weird thing called adsense you know where they would send me money to my mm -hmm. account i'm like what is this what i get 200 dollars for just putting on a few videos what the fuck? right <laughs> and so i just um was doing that for a while um as just kind of like a side gig you know youtube became like my side gig the main gig was the t-shirts now it's kind of flipped um, now YouTube is more my, my, my main gig and t-shirt so, design is more my side gig. Yeah. So I just real quick. So how long did it take for you to monetize th that first time? Like what See, did here's, it take off? 
See, here's the thing though. Back then, everyone was monetized. Oh, really? Everyone. All you had to do was just put in your payment details and you're good. Really? You, just had, you set up an AdSense, right? Same one that I've had since 2016. I still have it. And you just put your plug your channel, connect your channel to your AdSense and you get paid. That's it? You didn't have to that's, like. That's it. Get watch hours, nothing. Nope. Wow. Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you needed any watch hours back then. They didn't have any real requirements hmm. from what I recall. It was just literally, there you go. Just start your channel. And, I, and But here's the thing. This is all before what's known as the adpocalypse. The adpocalypse <laughs> on YouTube happened in, I want to say, late 2017, early 2018. Okay. And that's when I and got on what, <laughs> That's when you got on YouTube. And that is when basically they started to demonetize most creators because the the advertisers advertisers didn't want to have their ads be seen on, on a lot of these videos that were being right. played. You know, they wanted to yep. be represented by other better channels or whatever the hell, a more approved approved demographically, you know, whatever right. they were looking for, you know. Um and so you stopped getting like a lot of uh, money from the videos. They stopped, um, you know, what is it called? Uh, promoting your videos in the algorithm and stuff. Um, you know, you got less, less views for stuff, mm. got less money for stuff. And at that point, what started to happen? What started to change on YouTube? Hmm. Can, you, can you think? What was the main thing that changed everything? Well, I'm not sure. What is it? I don't know why I'm quizzing you at this point. Live streaming. Oh, yeah. I was live about streaming. to say. It was live That's when that became even big. a thing. That, <laughs> well, it was, it was technically a thing. I don't think they even had StreamYard yet. We had Hangouts on Air. Hangouts. I remember Hangouts. Yes, they still have Hangouts. They still have it. <laughs> but it's, it's in a more diminished capacity now. It's just you message people and they kind of roll it into your emails or something. I don't know how it works, but it's, you don't, you can still kind of talk with people with the video chat, but mm -hmm. it doesn't link to, to your YouTube channel anymore. You don't get to stream from there. It, it was such a flawed system. I, I, it was so funny because <laughs> the way that you got on Hangouts on Air, like on someone's stream is they gave you, I think they gave you the link to the Hangout, right? And mm -hmm. what it would do is it would send you to the Hangout chat, like in Google, in like Gmail. Huh. So it would send you to the to the Google, the, 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 the Hangout chat, right? And you're right. all like in this chat together, basically. And you can talk with each other there. And essentially, I guess, a private chat, you know? Yeah. You don't see it on, on the, the YouTube end. Um, but what the crazy part was that literally anybody in the Hangout chat could kick out anybody else. Really? Yeah. It, and it was, and nobody, people didn't know that too much back then. I found, I figured it out. Cause I, I'm a, I'm a snooper. I kind of like snoop around to figure out what the features are. Like what, like why yeah, does this you happen? You know, yeah, I, I, I do that. You know, I try, that's why I'll sometimes even figure out like how the chat works on YouTube because some people don't even get it. Like, why did my comment disappear? Why are you banning me? I know you're not right. banned. It's just YouTube has sensors like crazy that, that censor everything. Yep. Um, you know, so 
one day, like I checked the, the, the list of people that were in the hangout chat because there was like a little, little area you can check, right? And right mm -hmm. next to everyone's name is like a little X. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hit that and, and you see it like on YouTube, like people are one, there's one second they're on the hangout and the next minute they're gone. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> you kick them out. So, that, so it reflects on YouTube. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, I could do that without even being the, the, the host of the stream. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't be allowed, but somehow people were able to exploit it. So I guess YouTube just didn't know how to work all the kinks out and all the bugs, so they just got rid of it. And right. that's when StreamYard came in, and everyone pretty much just started using that after that. Um, and StreamYard actually, to, to its credit, I would say is a very decent platform. It's something that it mm -hmm. leaves out a lot of the, you know, the the bullshit that people don't want to work with. They don't want to try to figure out everything. They, they put in pretty much put all the features there that you would want. So I'll give them credit there. Um, right. But I said all that basically to say that when the adpocalypse happened, that's when I basically became a live streamer and I started to get <laughs> donations. You know, I still had the super chat and all that, but mm -hmm. at some point I also got my channel demonetized. And that's when I started to create new channels because YouTube, hmm. you know, it's like I'm I the super chats were kind of a big deal, you know. Nowadays yeah. it's it's not as big a deal for me um to not get super chats because people will just PayPal me or something. Most people right. have it. Well and it's or, better or that way because you don't get all of it taken from Google. Right. And and Google only used to take like 30%. Now it takes like 45%. It's ridiculous. Right. It you know, it's ridiculous. not even really worth it, I would even say anymore. Um, yeah. to even be monetized, you know, you just want to be a shill for Google. Okay. But otherwise, the only thing is, is it's the look, you know, P mm -hmm. something about seeing the super chats go up. I think it, makes oh yeah, people want no, to there's, live. there's definitely an incentive and, and like a visual aesthetic that goes with having that function on your yes. channel. It, it definitely it gets people excited. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that, um, it's infectious. It's, it's happy. It's, it's definitely a cool feature. Um, yeah, I will say that, but it should also be noted that even if like, you're not one of those, uh, people that has that feature enabled, you know, there's a lot of channels that like, don't even have like super chats flying by that make tons of money, you know, yeah. like yep. maybe they'll, they'll have like a pay. And so here's the other thing. Other platforms like Twitch or, you know, some other thing mm -hmm. like, like, you know, TikTok Rumble or something, or... Rumble, whatever, um, you know, they'll have like little notifications that kind of fly up on the screen. Like if they're using OBS or XSplit or something and mm -hmm. it'll, it'll be like, cause like, um, I think Streamlabs has a function through OBS where it gives you like a little bit of code and you put that huh. code into OBS and it basically, it's a notification alert, you know, whenever you get a PayPal donation. You know, huh, okay. It, it don't have one for Cash App for whatever reason. I don't know why Cash App's used pretty ubiquitously now. I, I haven't found a Cash App notifier yet, but that would be cool if they had a Cash App notifier along with the PayPal one. I I would probably go back to using OBS just for that, just so I would see that everyone would see the notifications on screen. And it's basically the same thing as getting as the super chat thing. You know, it's like yay! You know, there's a notification. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so OBS definitely has a look to it. It's, it's well, no, visually. it doesn't. No, no it doesn't. No, actually, it doesn't. 
Really? Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing with OBS. The minute you open it up, it's a blank can canvas. Hmm. Well, they have you have to make it, right? Yes, you have to make it yourself, or you can get like you know pre-made, uh, you know, formatted designs and kind of right. plug them into your OBS and plug in all your information and stuff. You know, like your your name or you know whatever yeah. the fuck you want to put. Um, they have that stuff. You can probably, probably you can probably buy them for like ten bucks or something. I don't know. I never bought one. Um, right. I know people who have, but I've made my own OBS uh, production. And um, it was a pretty damn good one. It was it was a pretty good uh, layout. Um, I made yeah. all the graphics. I put the I had this little background kind of animation that was always dynamic and kept the stream kind of interesting looking. Um, I had the chat on screen. I had I could do everything with my OBS. You know. So in a way, if you think about it, okay, mm -hmm. in a way, what you did with YouTube is pretty much what you wanted to do, right? Which is mm -hmm. to kind of create your own world yeah you know like you got to be in charge you got to design you got to do look at amber trying to make me feel better well no i'm well i'm just saying it's interesting you know so you're not that's that much you, of a loser well, no stop i mean I'm just you made saying, your own world kind of it's i'm just saying it's interesting it, it makes sense you know mm -hmm. like that's yeah. that's what you wanted to do and that's kind of what you did with your oh yeah youtube you know? Yeah, I'm I'm one of these people that's like very unflinchingly me when it comes to like just my aesthetic about things. Mm -hmm. You know, I have I have a certain style. I have a certain kind of in your face kind of way about my aesthetic. You know, I like things to pop. I like things to be colorful and mm -hmm. vibrant and fun. Basically, everything that's the opposite of me, because <laughs> that it's it's. Just a good chemistry that way, you know. <laughs> you see, like this. You see, like this boring guy on screen, but you look at the visuals, and you're you're kind of think, hey, maybe he's not that boring. Oh, you know? that's so not true. I think it. <laughs> I think it actually. I don't know. I just I see you in your designs, mm -hmm. so you know Thank you're you. not boring. <laughs> Clearly, you're not boring. So thanks. You know. Well, I, 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 to be honest, though, I was a little bit boring in the first couple of years I did YouTube. I was very, very restrained. Mm -hmm. um, I was not loud and out there. I, I was even, I don't know if it was afraid or something or just, I wasn't used to it. I, like just I being, mean... just like, just like projecting my voice and all that. I wasn't good at that in the early stages of my channel, you know? Yeah. When I started streaming and the more I streamed, the more, the more uh, good I got at just like putting my voice out there and getting people to kind of listen and hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, it, it it did take some time though for me to kind of get out of my shell that way. Yeah. No, I think it I think everybody kind of goes through that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean I used to get super anxious uh, when it came to doing lives. Super anxious. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely know? get anxious in, in, you know when you start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And just I don't know, it takes a minute to get comfortable get co confident enough acclimated to the yeah to the live the performance is, aspect of it yeah and i mean especially when you know everyone in their mother is watching every minute watching every word you know mm -hmm. it's like one little fumble and they got it you know <laughs> no it's it's a lot of hate yeah. you know it's a lot of negativity so yeah and honestly like i mean we could we could probably save that for another yeah um, podcast um but 
it's funny how the the amount of haters you get doesn't really dissipate like it just kind of keeps growing and growing over the years you know right right they they just like and they get like worse too like they get they they like deform they get deformed they get like like their their um mental capacity just diminishes they they get more insane they get more delusional like your haters just just they start going into weird bizarre psychological places i'm like what happened to you yeah. <laughs> like, you should really be doing something else with your time because this is not helping you're here you are you're falling way off the deep end and you don't realize that that's the sad part yeah no so, it's weird isn't it like yeah it yeah. is but let's not get sidetracked by that. Yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess getting back to, you know, I guess wanting to do all these things and becoming kind of disillusioned and just trying to kind of settle for doing yeah. something. I think, you know, what it comes down to is my unwillingness to budge and settle for doing something that I felt like I wasn't um, like I was better than, you know, right. Like right. I'm, I'm better than being like a compositor grunt or a rigor right. grunt, you know, well, see, I shouldn't have to learn that shit. I should be doing what I'm good at, you know, we'll see. And the thing is, you know they actually teach that you know they at least in like right. the dance world i mean they teach you like don't ever settle for less don't you know know your worth don't mm -hmm. you know i mean yeah but it's you it's, know there it's, was uh, at the same time it's like well you gotta start somewhere so <laughs> right you gotta start somewhere and and you know I, I mean if i could go back and and change something first off i would I would spend a lot more time building a portfolio for what I would eventually want to be doing because back then I wasn't really doing that. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. Here's the really sad part. Some people get jobs in the design world without even going to school. Right. They just, oh, they just the get, they just world. have, yep. they just have like a good portfolio and they sell themselves or people reach out to them because they see their work on a website or something yep. and they just, and they just get opportunities. Just yeah. like that, just, that, just like that, oh, you know? That, so yeah. you could go to school for years and just waste your fucking time, waste your fucking money, you know, go through mm -hmm. all this emotional turmoil. Like I, if I could, had it to do over again, I would build, I would, I would learn from, cause I would, obviously I would need the skills, right? I would probably just watch tutorials, like YouTube tutorials on like how to make <laughs> like, uh, you know, designs and, you know, how to design things better. Cause now you have no shortage of that stuff. There's so many oh, designs, so designers yeah. out there that sell packages on like how to design like, uh, you know, villages or, or like, a you know, magic stuff or whatever, you know, yeah. robots, there's all kinds of packages they sell now to, to budding artists to, to learn that stuff, you know, right nowadays, it's so much easier. Like if you, if you have a, a kid, your, your son or daughter is like an artist, just get them one of these packages and say, Hey, just follow this and, and learn from it, learn how you can, and we'll build up a portfolio for you. And, um, we'll see where you get, you know, yeah, after my daughter following. wants to be an animator. That's what she says. 
I, yeah, I would just say, just give her a bunch of tutorials and, and just say, here's your homework, you know, do what they right. tell you to do in this, in this tutorial and get, get it to me by the end of the day or the end of the week or whatever. Right. Just have her build up a portfolio steadily and mm -hmm. just get sharpen those skills. You know, it's all about, especially in the design world, it's all about your skills, your portfolio. You need to have a really fucking good portfolio to sell really? to companies. Yes. Hmm. So whatever it is that she wants to do, she's got to be damn fucking good at it. I'll be <laughs> sure know? and tell Not, her that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and I mean, it kind of implies that I'm, I wasn't that good back then, which I mean, I wasn't like, I, I was, I wasn't going to, I'm not going to say I was uh, amazing, uh, an amazing designer, but I was, I was pretty damn good, you know, for someone who was still like in, in college and I was only like 20, 22 years old or something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty good. Um, it's just it, for what I wanted to do, it was just too flooded of a, of a field. It was, there was too much, um, competition, you know? Right. So it's, yeah, it's something you need to just kind of be patient with, I guess. And just, um, do I what you do, what you have to do to, to get that portfolio up. Yeah. And I still feel like it really is. Um, well, first of all, before I forget, um, mm -hmm. the thing is, though, if you had to do it over again, you would just learn, you know, with the tutorials. However, in your field, doesn't a, I mean, a college degree, do they look at that and say, oh, well, they did this, that, you know, is it worth much in your field? Um, I mean, I, listen. I would say if you're formally, if you are formally applying to companies, yes, that matters. You know, mm -hmm. that you have an education, that you have a bachelor's or a master's or whatever, right? Right. In whatever field that you're applying for, you need that education because otherwise you're going to be like, okay, well, you have a nice resume, I suppose, but where's your education? You know? Right. Right. So the, what the point is, the point I'm making is there's some people out there. Well, I'll just call them like naturals. I hate to use that term, but no, there's some they that are exist. just, they're, they're just naturals. They're just fucking that good. Yeah. And they're, it's almost like effortless, like how good they are at something. Okay. Right. Those people exist. They're out there. I was not a natural. Really? I was someone who, no, I'm not a natural. I was just someone who liked doing art. And I gradually got better at it over the years. Hmm. See, I would think the, that you were a natural for sure. No, not wow. a natural at all. No, I, everything, every, every skill that I have now, I had to learn it, you know? Wow. When I was, when I was a, a young kid, I mean, yeah, I could draw Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck because I watched the cartoon so damn much. You know, I learned how they looked and I just kind of drew right. what I saw. Right. But it's, uh. You know, you need, these are learned things, you know, um, mm -hmm. but there's some people that are so fucking good that they have a site or they have so many like social connections, so many like Instagram or forums right. or whatever, or like their own website and they get hooked into so many things, the opportunities just come to them. Okay. And in yeah. that case, you don't need a formal education, but that's only if, if you're one of those people. Right. It's the same way okay. in the dance world. Same thing. Because there's so many people on YouTube, for example, really, I'll, I'll call them famous YouTubers, whatever. They're technically celebrities when it comes to YouTube. 
Right. A lot of them didn't have formal educations. You know, they didn't have like college degrees. They, mm -hmm. they had high school and then they got really good at whatever, you know, doing cartoons or writing fan fictions or something or whatever. And they, they grew a, a huge fan base off of it, you know, like a huge channel or huge, whatever Twitter presence, whatever the fuck Instagram. And they just did that because it worked. And why wouldn't you just keep doing that? Right. For years. And their channels were bigger and they got, you know, affiliate channels to, you know, people to sign with them and to represent them and all this shit. And, um, yeah. And they didn't have to, go down the traditional route that many other people do the normal average pe person but that's that's a it's a lucky strike you know not everyone has those opportunities so you have to kind of bank on not getting those opportunities and just doing things like the normal way you know right so that's why you know you get an education you do the portfolio you do all these things because you can't you can't just you know think like well you know obviously <laughs> I'm going to get really famous just because I put out this <laughs> drawing. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, you could try to put something out there that's really cool. But as, I mean, I had, you know how many times I've had a design on Facebook go viral? Really? Really or, what? Have you never? Are you saying? No, I have. I have. Yeah. No, I'm saying that's, wow, I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah. No, I've had plenty. I've had plenty of designs go viral. And sometimes here, what, what would happen, it's almost infuriating. Sometimes like, my art would be like taken from somewhere, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know where because I uploaded to a bunch of different sites or they saw it on ripped apparel or T fury or whatever. They would grab the design and then they post it on one of their pages. That's got like a hundred thousand fans on it on Facebook or something. Right. Yeah. And it would get like, you know, a thousand shares and like, you know, 20,000 likes or something. Right. And then people would notify me like, Hey, this, this page is posting your artwork. You know, I told them it was, it was punk static art that um that designed it that's my art brand y'all by the way <laughs> uh, you know and and they would if they listened they would actually put my my page to my to my uh my page on facebook there my punkstatic art page which is still up actually um i just don't really use it because i don't really make much art no more so <laughs> <laughs> um well at no least, i've gone at least like you're field okay because i mean telling people that you went to school for dance i mean they mm. literally oh my god the questions i've had you know well what did you mm. do take a course in the hokey pokey or you know <laughs> like they they think of it like it's just some oh wow that must have been fun you know type thing mm -hmm. when in reality it is so oh my god i could never do it again well, let me tell you a typical day a typical mm -hmm. day, you wake up at, um, got to be up for your eight o'clock academic because you still have to get the academics in. Right. So um, you wake up for eight for your academic. Once that's over with, you go to your first dance class, which is at 10 to 11.30. Then from 11.30 to one, it's your next dance class. Then you break for lunch for an hour. Then you go right back to it and you have um, a class from three to 4.30. Then you have another dance class from 4.30 to 6. Then you break for dinner. Then if you're in the, sh like, if you got a part in the show, which mm -hmm. I always was, you had rehearsal from 6 to 10. So, I mean, it's a literally all freaking day. And then, you know, 
And then you have to mix in some days a week, you know, you have to go to dance history class or, you know, they throw in all these little extra courses. But um, anyway, it's a lot of it's a lot of freaking hard work. It's exhausting. Yeah. You know, being young, I mean, oh, my God, looking back, it's like, how did I do this? We'd stay up all night. Yeah, that, it was the same way. It, yeah, it was the same way in my um, track, in my major, because yeah. um, they have the. It's basically a two-year program within your major mm-hmm. that is super advanced, super like hardcore. You know, they give you tons of assignments, and you're just somehow expected to to get all of them done. You know, huh. it's yeah. You got to design like four different illustrations. You gotta you gotta work on an animation. You gotta work on a three D model. You gotta work on you know Damn. a bunch of different stuff, and you gotta get that all done by the end of the week somehow. Right. And like, how the fuck do you expect me to make all this time <laughs> to make this shit? You know, yeah. it takes it takes a while, and and oftentimes you would stay up all night just to finish like an animation or a three D model or something. Yeah. And we would end up staying in the classrooms overnight and we were allowed to do that you know they they didn't like oh, turn the lights cool. on like get right home home no we we all kind of hung out it was actually kind of fun you know everyone kind of hung out together yeah at night sometimes, oh, it's just nice hanging being. out watching yeah. movies and stuff yeah it's nice i don't know about you but i will say when i got to college i felt like i finally found like i don't know it was just cool being surrounded by people that your people yeah, your people, you know, because I mean, yeah. there was other things, you know, th- there was like film majors. That was a bit. <laughs> Let me tell you, OK, this school that I went to, it's nine. I think it's 94 percent gay. Um, OK, <laughs> meaning, well, let's put it this way. It's either all it's a it's a ton of straight girls with mm. gay dudes. All right. Right. So that like small percentage of there's like film majors and there's, you know, there's a few other things, but they would always joke around and be like, we made it to the promised land. <laughs> why, <are you> call, <laughs> why the hell are you calling it the promised land? Cause it's all these freaking dancers running around and a bunch of gay dudes. <laughs> like oh we, have our, we have our pick, you know, which is kind of true. Like there wasn't very many straight guys. So mm-hmm. that's a whole different topic. But anyway, um, that's I, funny. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just felt like I found my people. It was cool. I mean, you know, we stayed up all night, talked about the same things, and you know, we had we'd have things we had to work on at night too, and somehow we had to fit our homework in, and you know, it's it was a crazy time. I, I mean, you know, clearly I have a different story, and I I hate. I mean, obviously, if I could go back, I would have never, you know, gone down the path I did, um, mm-hmm. which was you know getting addicted, but. Um, yeah, before it got really bad with that, it was a, it was a cool time. Yeah. I mean, I found some, some cool people there. I had some good laughs. Um, there were, there were two guys that I made friends with there that were, uh, they were really funny and we were just kind of crack jokes and in class a lot of times. And, Mm -hmm. um, there are a few other people that were kind of cool, kind of, some of them were dweeby. Some of them were kind of like one of these dude bro types, you know, mm-hmm. um, and some of them were just like a lot of girls, you know, wanted to, you know, do the design stuff. Some of them were really good. Some of them were not so good. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. You know, you kind of hung out and you had parties and, you know, 
stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, especially like you would, and you would think there would be like a collection of artists that right. were in the group, but actually the, a fair few of them didn't even know how to fucking draw very well. And huh. they were forced, they were forced to draw in some wow. of the classes because we had a storyboarding class, oh, you know, we had I illustrations, you know, yeah. we had to do illustrations and some, some people were like, how the fuck do I do an illustration? <laughs> well, you open up <laughs> Photoshop and you move the brush around. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, my, yeah. my boyfriend was a film major. He always had storyboards he had to do. I remember. Yeah. That. Like, yeah. you know, for some people, they, they are not drawers, you know, they don't know how to right. draw, you know, right. so they had to, they have to kind of, they had to kind of learn. And some of them like drew really bad really bad i'm not on like, like wow. child level drawings and i'm like i can't believe i'm in the same fucking track as these people where i'm like <laughs> trying to figure out like the like the right perspective of a scene you know from like over the shoulder or like you know force perspective or whatever of someone's forearm or whatever and they're like how do i draw a torso like how do i draw a leg <laughs> you know yeah they just oh, didn't know what the hell they drew like stick figures and stuff like that right and you know, and it, and it kills me that some of these people actually went on to get actual like decent jobs in the industry. Right. Same here. Yeah. That's that's one of the most infuriating things is that I know. like these people that don't have any real talent, they are somehow more employable, which makes right. no fucking sense to me. Like I, I clearly know. objectively have more skills than those people. But that doesn't matter. Apparently, you know, some people, they had connections. They got close yep. to some teachers who knew people in the industry or whatever, and they hobnob and they did this and that. I'm not a hobnobber. Networking. Yeah. Right. The I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a networker. You know, I've See, never classically uh, done networking. And it, it, it just, the reality is it's a huge freaking part of it is who right. you know. All of those teaching jobs that I got, it was all through who I knew. You know, right. um, just any gigs I got performing, it's who I knew, you know, it's, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. And, and speaking of, you know, who, you know, um, mm -hmm. even uh, that applies even on YouTube, you know, yeah. like we, we, it's no secret that the two of us were, we were trying to make it out here on YouTube for a long time um, until recently when our channels went down. <laughs> And it's been it's been a struggle ever since. But um, years ago, when I, you know, in like 2018 or so, I had an opportunity to basically get work um, from this person that I met through through my small network that I had met through this this uh, MGTOW you know, community. Um, and uh, he it, he you know paid for a lot of uh, projects and stuff, and so I, I did work for him and. He basically, um, you know, he, he, he was, he became a sponsor of my channel for like, what was it? I guess like four years, four or five yeah. years, you know, he, yeah. he was, he was really helpful in, in paying for um, my existence on YouTube and in real life. You know, he helped me basically to make enough income to get a, a condo. I mean, that's, you know, to, and to get a car. Money. Yeah, and that was a luck. That was a lucky strike. And I, but here's the thing. So, I'm one of the types of people that doesn't have a lot of luck in general. But sometimes I get incredibly lucky because that was one of the luckiest strikes I've ever I've ever had. You know, and it was something that kind of just came out of nowhere. And it's you know it's rare. It's a rare thing that's that you just meet someone who basically just ends up 
financing most of what you do, you know, to the point where it becomes like a huge chunk of your business, you know, and it, and here's the other thing. I think it it also influenced me to keep live streaming for so long Yeah, because I, I, I became committed at that point to just being a YouTuber and coming out here and streaming, you know, usually three times a week, if not more. Right. You know, and I just kind of got really ingratiated in these communities and making content, making animations, making all kinds of stuff, memes. And um, it just kept me on, you know, but um, now that that's not really a thing anymore, you know, it's it's one of these things where now I'm trying to sniff out other opportunities and see what else is out there, because I'm sorry, the world is not just YouTube. You know, digital content creation is not limited to just YouTube. There's tons of other outlets out there. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep doing things my own way. Yet would it would I love to get a, a job in the design business and in the industry? Yeah, I would I would love that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just I'm not gonna compromise and do some kind of like, you know, fucking uh, sweeping the floor job bitch somewhere. Work. I mean, call, yeah. yeah, bitch work. I'm not listen, I call me whatever you want. Um, you don't I'm have to, gonna, then don't do it. You know, like, I mean, listen, I perfectly, I, I respect people who like janitors or yeah. farmers or whoever the blue collar workers will call. Them. We need all kinds, right? <laughs> we ever, it, it takes all kinds in this world. Okay. I respect that, that some people, you know, they need to do that or they want to do that. They think it's a good, you, you do that. Okay. But for me, I, I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised to work that way. Have I done grueling blue collar work before? Yeah, I have. It sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I'm not, oh, and I'm, and I'm not built for it. I'm just being honest. See, just being I real. think we're a lot alike in that respect. I mean, it's yeah. same. It's like, oh, my God. Like, So I'm just going to keep doing me and, and I'm going to keep working how, how I'm familiar with working on stuff, you know, creating my, doing my projects and trying to get work, you know, this way or another, trying to create avenues of podcasts, right? Like this, the podcast, I think is something that has a, a lot of potential, you know, depending mm-hmm. on where we go with it um, and how many too. platforms we get on. Um, I know we're kind of having trouble hosting them on uh, Amazon and Apple right now, but we're going to get that fixed. Um, but uh, no, there's, there's a lot of room for growth, you know, yeah. And um, I'm just going to keep plugging away in different avenues and just see what, what sticks. So, so, you know, I always talk about this, but I think this might be a good thing to wrap it up with. But do you, have you ever like just found it hard to, because once something that is your passion becomes your job, mm-hmm. you lose a little bit of that passion, you know? Right. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's like important to find that balance, I guess. Uh, I mean, I know well, for me, there was a point in time. I remember I had, oh my God, I was teaching so many mm-hmm. different places and I was so freaking busy. Like at one time I was literally choreographing 20 pieces at the same time. That means like 20 separate like dances for people. Um, mm-hmm. Can I interject? Was, yeah, go for it. So I, I kind of know where you're going with this. I'm going to disagree with this maxim of when you make some, when you make your passion, your job, it no longer becomes fun or whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like people are leaving something out of the, of the equation here. It's not just that you're doing what you love for work. 
your act, what you're doing is you're utilizing the skills of what you like to do for your passion, right? You're mm -hmm. using the skills that you do with your, your your passion for somebody else or some other purpose. You're not doing it for yourself. Yeah. So that's why it's not fun. It's not because you're you're using your your passion for your work. It's that what you traditionally like problem. doing, what you tr traditionally like doing, like for yourself, you're now doing for somebody else, and it's like you're removed now from the equation. It, you're disconnected, and now it's just busy work. Yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You yeah, know, so when somebody's telling me exactly what music they want and what this they want, and it's like, don't get me wrong, there's still creativity, but it's yeah, it's just um, like you said, it's just it's just more of a job. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a job. It becomes a job at that point. Once you start doing stuff for other people, that's a job. When you're yeah. doing it for yourself, it's it's your passion. Yeah. That and I think sense. that that is maybe to close, like why I, you know, didn't really jive with like, you know, getting like a traditional job or even working, doing busy work because it's for somebody else. It's for some other purpose. It's not <laughs> for me. I don't want to do you know? anything for anyone else. <laughs> I, I don't. I want to do everything for me. I'm, I'm very selfish like that. Right. You know, and I'm just I'm just that kind of person. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, some people, and especially artists, artists are very selfish. We need to oh, talk about that God, sometime. Yeah. Very selfish. Just, just, there's a whole topic to get into when it comes to art and the mm -hmm. art world because, like, art versus designer. I, I have a ton to say about that. Okay. We'll talk about that maybe next time. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, I think that we can wrap it up here. Um, so okay. thank you. Thank you, Amber, for having this conversation <laughs> with me. And uh, thanks, everyone out there for listening to our little conversation about uh, making it in the big world and getting jobs and all this shit. So please give a thumbs up on this post or whatever you're looking at this on, a five-star review if you're on some kind of podcast website. Um, and uh, please tune in next time where we'll talk about other cool stuff. Until then... See you next time. Thank you.